Alex, we got a fun one today. We are talking sleepers for the 2023 fantasy football season. Guys, if you want to check out individual clips, please go to our YouTube at the FF Sackos uh, to see clips, um, some shorter digestible video form. You can see how beautiful Alex looks in, uh, you know, lamp lighting and natural lighting. He looks just fantastic right now. Um, it's true. Also, you make it sound like not all of these are fun. Or are some of them not fun? I'm still on my quest to make you do a tight ends podcast, but essentially this is just like a long 80 please me episode for you longtime listeners. Jason is probably going to use the drop at some point in the podcast and post editing because I can't do any of that. Anyway, we're, we're talking about six guys we think are very undervalued. Uh, it's just fun to kind of do a deep dive into a couple of guys. Me and Jason kind of have strong feelings about all these guys, both individually and collectively. So let's go. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Crow. Let's go Fantasy Football Sackos. That's right. Jason and Alex back again for more fantasy football goodness. We're talking sleepers today and let's just dive right in. My first guy. My first sleeper for the 2023 fantasy football season is the one and the only James Cook. Uh, James Cook was selected at the end of the second round in the 2022 NFL draft. So the draft capital is there, you know, sure. You'd love it if he was a first round pick, but the guy has the draft capital and he has the skill. Um, Singletary was ahead of him last year when he was a rookie. He is now gone. Yes, enter Damian Harris. I understand that he's there. Um, however, if given the chance to take over the lead back role, I believe James Cook will explode. He was a top 15 running back in week 13 with 14 carries for 64 yards and six catches for 41 yards. He totaled 108 yards and a score on just 11 carries and a catch against the Bears in week 16 last year. So Who didn't just, score on the Bears, just to be fair? <laughs> Let's throw, let's just for clarification. But he only, showed only signs of explosiveness and he was super efficient, averaging almost six yards per carry. His 5.3 true yards per carry were second among all running backs. Almost six and a half yards per touch was third and a more than 12% breakaway run rate was first among all running backs. Truly just showing how explosive the guy is. And we talk about opportunity. Opportunity is the biggest thing for success for running back this year. Naheem Hines just came out, suffered a season-ending knee injury while sitting on a stationary jet ski. I don't Rough. know how that happens. Uh, the team and Hines are going back and forth on compensation disagreements for the rest of the year as it was a non-football injury. But again, paving the way for James Cook because – I swear, when they traded for Naheem Hines at the end of last season, right up at the trade deadline, everybody thought James Cook was going to lose some touches and catch opportunities and whatnot to Hines. And now you don't even have to worry about that being a narrative for this season. Um, maybe the one boogeyman, which is why we always say, you know, draft as close to this, the season starting as possible is the potential for Buffalo to sign another running back. Uh, James Cook's brother, Dalvin, did mention the possibility of signing with the Bills in order to play with his brother on the Rich Eisen uh, show. So 
if that happened, okay, maybe James Cook's value would be torpedoed. But assuming that it is a run-of-the-mill signing, if anything, if they even add anyone, I am all in on James Cook. He's one of, if not the most explosive back in the league. He just needs opportunity. McDermott really kind of hates on rookies. I was not surprised at all last year that he never really got a true shot to take over. I'm hoping in year two with them allowing Singletary to move on, even though they did bring in Damian Harris, that they will still allow James Cook the ability to take over in the range of outcomes James Cook, if he does end up taking over, is just going to be a man amongst boys. So great value for him. Yeah, ADP is currently 87, which is is really nice going in round seven. Uh, I think math kind of fuzzy, but the the Bills ran the ball uh, somewhere around 26 attempts a game, which is 16th most. So right in the middle of the NFL. I mean, Potential bell cow back has the talent. Jason, to your point, has the draft capital. So why not? I mean, Josh Allen might steal some goal line carries, and some of those rushing numbers are inflated because of his scrambling. But still, who cares if you can yeah. get a potential guy that that's going to get you know fifteen touches a game? You can't discount it. Hundred percent. Do you have any uh, sleepers? Do I? Oh, way back, way deep sleeper to start it off. Nico Collins. Here we go, baby. Fantasy pros him as fantasy pros has him as wide receiver. 52 ESPN's PPR cheat sheet has him at 58. Oh, my goodness. We have them in our low 30s. Uh, again, if you want to get our final rankings, you can go to the fantasyfootballsackos.com. At some point here, the next week or two, we're recording this on July 26th. The Sacco sheet will be available, uh, and, and we will have him somewhere in our 30s. His, his current sleeper ADP is 154, which is round 11. Wow. It's just too low. It's, it's great value. I can't wait to battle out. Uh, with you in our draft to see who's going to pull the trigger on him first. Yeah, like round. He's nine. their number one wide. He's their number one wide receiver. John Mechie's there. Robert Woods are are there. He's he's their number one guy. Collins and game script is going to fit them perfectly, right? The Texans yeah. they're probably going to be bad. They're going to throw the ball a lot in garbage time. So he might not have the touchdown numbers, but he sure as hell is going to have the targets. So Collins ended his season last year uh, after week 14 uh, with a foot injury. Uh, he was injured for a couple of weeks. So he came off or he you know missed eight missed weeks eight and nine came back week 10. Once he came back in week 10, his targets were 10, seven, nine and 10. Brandon Cooks was still there. That's nine targets a week. That translates to 153 a year. I'm a numbers guy. There were five guys that did that last year. Jefferson, Adams, Hill, Lamb, and Diggs. Pretty yeah, good. And it's not going to be Davis Mills throwing, throwing them anymore either. It's going to be C.J. Stroud. Like The quality of pass is going to jump an entire several tiers. Correct. Now, I'm not saying that Nico Collins is, is one of those five guys that I previously mentioned, but... I mean, target targets. So he has the pedigree pick 89 on the 2021 draft. He's six, four. He ran a four, four, two, 40. He has the profile to be a good, like a, a good number one wide receiver. 
And if he's going to get nine targets a week on a bad team and you can get him in round 11, love the value. Yeah. And, and John Mechie, I think, is the only real competition there. Um, he was uh, the John Cornish Trophy uh, winner twice prior to being drafted by the Texans in the second round. So some good draft capital there. Uh, but Mechie did sit out his rookie season last year after being diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so just hoping that he's healthy. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's still in effect his rookie year. Like there's going to be an adjustment period. So I think Nico definitely has the best chance to take over. Frankly, I don't believe that uh, Woods remotely has the ability left, a talent left no. to take yeah. over as somebody's wide receiver one and, and be productive or anything meaningful. So Nico Collins, man, great position Love for him. Love the value. So those four games, again, where he had all those targets, half PPR scoring, 13.4, 7.3, 7.4, and 11. Two touchdowns in those weeks. It's... That translates to being a flex, a flex player, and you're you're getting him in around eleven. So fantastic value, love it. He's going to go late. You can get him for a buck uh, in your auction drafts if you do one. And he's a guy that's going to outperform his draft position, no doubt about it. Yep. And guys, we are going to have something great for you again this season. That's right. The Sacco sheet is making a return. Uh, it will be for sale on the fantasyfootballsaccos.com. That's right. Our website. You'll be able to go to the shop in just a couple short weeks here and get your very own Sacco sheet so you can kill drafts uh, and, and destroy leagues next year. My brother drafted off of the sacco sheet did not do one single ounce of draft prep used the sacco sheet in our league of record and won and beat us and beat <laughs> us with our own using our i mean it just shows that it works like literally i was not offended i was like yo i basically we basically drafted your team for you and you beat us so congrats to you um regardless <laughs> let's keep going we're going to do some more sleepers. I, I really don't know if that is a great advertisement that somebody beat us using our own stuff. I don't know. It With our powers combined, man, you push us together. It's something scary. Captain Planet. Exactly. All right. If you guys want to listen to the full full length uh, sleepers, go to our podcast too. It's available on every listening platform. Let's dive back in. Let's keep going with some more sleepers. Next up. I have the one and only my JK Hart Throbbins for Dobbins. Back in 2020, when Dobbins was a rookie, he scored a touchdown in each of his final six games. I drafted him in every league. I loved him coming out of Ohio State. Uh, he never scored below 13.1 fantasy points per game and averaged six yards per carry as a rookie again in those final six games. Or, excuse me, he averaged six yards per carry as a rookie, but never scored less than 13.1 fantasy points per game in those final six games. Um, then... Then in the uh, the offseason, getting ready for the 2022 season, he tore just about everything in his knee um, in 2021. It cost him the entire season and most of the 2022 season. Uh, basically, he came back in week three. 
because uh, he was not ready at the beginning of the year. So it, it took more than 12 months to even get back because he tore at the beginning of training camp in July. Couldn't get back until the end of September, beginning of October the following year. Was not right, visibly limping, and ended up uh, getting his knee scoped and had the issue corrected. Was out from week 7 to 14. Returns in week 14 and averages 5.7 yards per carry and 11.7 fantasy points per game the rest of the season last year. So he had a hot little return that people are not going to remember because everybody that drafted him got stung and he missed time. And people are just going to think about how bad he looked and he wasn't right. He is also currently not a training camp. I mean, he's at training camp, but he's not participating. Uh, When asked if it was knee-related, head coach Harbaugh responded by saying, I wish it was a simple answer. He's in all the meetings mentally and doing those kinds of things. He wants to be out there, so we both want the same thing. Assuming that mess gets straightened out, and we aren't surprised given the injury history, I think... I think that there's a chance that he can take over as the top back of this offense. To me, I look at the rest of that depth chart. There's nobody there that scares me. Gus Bus. Oh, come on. Gus Edwards. Everybody loves Gus Bus. Yeah, okay. He can't catch a – he can't fall out of a boat and catch water, dude. Um, Still big. They did sign Melvin Gordon, but all Melvin Gordon is is an insurance policy, and he's a 30-year-old insurance policy at that. Fumbling machine, Melvin Gordon. Exactly. Stone hands. Dudes with stone hands, man. Belong on the Ravens in backup role. Um, The Ravens do have a new offensive coordinator this year, Todd Monken. He loves to stress the defense sideline to sideline, attacking all areas of the field in his hunt for his explosive plays. He's already stated that he'll be running three, four, and five wide receiver sets to get people out of the box. I think that actually helps Dobbins. Kind of a smaller, shiftier back. If he can get some space to actually make a guy miss and have less dudes in the box, I think that's going to open up some of that option run game too and really lends itself nicely to try and create some more explosive plays. And we've heard a lot about um, their receivers looking great so far in camp as well. He wants Monken wants to put the ball in Lamar's hand and let him make uh, the decision as far as the offense goes, as far as where the ball goes. I think Dobbins is going to have a chance to take over. And if he does, I just think that there's a chance he doesn't look back. No other running backs on that, on that, in that backfield are mildly close to competing in my mind for third down work. It's just going to be whether or not Gus bus, uh, can, can scratch out a small role in goal line or short yardage. If Dobbins is in for that, Man, what value he's gonna he's gonna be this year? Yeah, it should be noted that Gus does eat into Dobbins' carries. Not to crap all over your parade, but he he does take a, a good chunk when they're both healthy. We'll see what that looks like. Yeah, Again, it was Dobbins two years is on ago the, though. Like we have no idea. That's a different nah, coach. It, like it it happened in their playoff game last year too. I believe if I if I remember correctly, Dobbins currently going pick forty six. So just at the end of round three, um, that's okay value uh, for that's for where I have it? him personally. And and it should be noted, Jason, to your point, if, if a lot of defenses are going to focus on four. Lamar to come like 
sorry. So like to make sure that that Lamar isn't exploding on them. And so they might let Dobbins and to your point, Dobbins came back. He, he looked really explosive, had a couple of games where he averaged, you know, eight, nine yards of carry uh, there at the end of the season once he got that knee scoped and, and looked healthy. So as long as he is actually on the field, I have no problem drafting him where he's at. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a defense, you want anybody but Lamar to beat you. You know, so I, I yep. think I think Dobbins is going to have some room. All right, you got another sleeper for me? What's next? Let's do it. Deontay Johnson, same division. Uh, kind of sucked last year, but the peripheral <laughs> numbers are the peripheral numbers are good, right? Like, is that a technical fit, term? Yeah. Can I see a diagram? Is. <laughs> yeah, here you it's go. Like it's somewhere circle. down. Yeah, it's somewhere down here. The and suck the suckage line and, is right here. And Deontay Johnson's just in it. Yeah. If there was wide a wishing well, if there was a wishing well with sucky wide receivers, Deontay Johnson would just be down in there. Yeah, he shouldn't be, but that's where he found himself last year. Wide receiver 40 after being frankly really good uh two years ago where he finished as wide receiver nine and we had the concerns about you know kenny pickett and yeah. mitch trubisky and yeah. i guess those were well founded right wow. like we, we ended up having him down in the right so fancy pros last year had him at 13 we had him consensus 24 he finishes 40 we're, we're both big fans of deontay johnson but the the Kind of got scared off. So good job by us, I guess, having him lower. We didn't really have any stock in him, and it, it didn't hurt us anywhere. Uh, Fantasy Pros currently has him at 32. ESPN's PPR cheat sheet has him at 21. Uh, we have him just outside of our top 24. Again, get all of our final rankings, Fantasy Football Sackos. You can get the Sacco sheet with all of our rankings. We'll send that out before the season to help you. Uh, crush your drafts his current sleeper on 80 uh, on uh, his current ADP on sleeper let me say that right is uh, pick 77 which is round seven zero touchdowns last year 13th in target share 10th in red zone targets zero touchdowns seventh most targets in football Behind Jefferson, Adams, Hill, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, and Garrett Wilson. Seventh most targets. Wide receiver 40. Deontay Johnson sets season record for touchdown futility. 86 receptions on the season. No one else has more receptions without touchdowns than Johnson did in 2022, beating out former Buccaneers running back James Wilder, who registered 85 catches without a touchdown in 1984. I was going to say, I have no idea who that is. But that's unbelievable. So close yet, so far. Yeah, I mean, Steelers are going to be better. They drafted Broderick Jones for the line, right? Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, are back. Canada's been there since 2001. Uh, The last two years, Johnson's targets have been 169 and 147. He's still good. He's still a really good route runner. They're gonna have like Trubisky was the starter announced from day one and then he was bad and so yeah when when Biscuit was behind center him and Deontay kind of had things going uh when Kenny Pickett took over they didn't really have kind you know didn't have the same 
momentum going. And so it took him a little bit. I think working all off season together is only going to help them. I love Deontay Johnson's value round seven. He's an easy flex play for you. And so if you take quarterback tight end early and you're, you know, kind of sitting there, you haven't filled out your roster yet. Deontay Johnson around seven is somebody that I'm absolutely looking to target in that spot because he's going to have the opportunity to greatly outproduce where he's going in round seven. Yeah. And, and I think that the other piece that hasn't really been mentioned as much is how good Najee looked down the stretch last year. Um, I really think that he kind of found himself by the end of the season was turning it on. It's also a, a value in drafts for sure. Um, but, but that offense is going to be so much better without a rookie quarterback yeah. or, and Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky leading it. Um, well, and bitchy too. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So <laughs> just leave them all leave last year in the past. I think it's going to get a lot better for Deontay Johnson in 2023. All right. Well, we're through four dudes, and we still got more dudes. Two left, baby. Two left, man. All right. Guys, let's let's just take a moment and, and think about the 2022 season that was for the Denver Broncos. There oh, was, do we have to? Can we please was, not? We were counting bathrooms and toilets and houses and touchdown passes uh everyone was let's ride until we let's rode it into the ground in a fireball um i the memes were fantastic uh, alas i think the only bright spot for the Broncos at all last year was Jerry Judy at least was, and it, was the season ending. It wasn't a bright spot as much as maybe <laughs> it was like a warm spot. You know what I mean? Um, his average finish week 14 on last uh, last season was wide receiver 20. Uh, but three of those were in the top 15, including two finishes in the top three. He, he uh, amongst all the crap that was the Broncos season, Last year, Jerry Judy did show some explosiveness and that he could hook up with Russ and, and make things click. Uh, he had five catches, at least five catches in each of his final five games. Um, just needs to be more consistent this year. How do you do that? Well, you get Sean Payton to coach your team, who's supported year after year of wide receiver one production. Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Marquez Colston. Sean Payton has already come out and said that Jerry Judy is going to be a huge part of what we do this season. His wide receiver, his ADP right now is wide receiver 24. He was wide receiver 20 for the last five weeks of the season in a crap year with a crap coaching staff and a throwaway season was wide receiver 20 on the back end. And then you add Sean Payton and everybody else in that offense, and he's still being drafted as wide receiver 24, lower. So his stock goes down. I think he's a steal. He's going to be the Broncos wide receiver one this year. Um, and while I continue to stall, I am going to hunt for his ADP as well. So Alex, how do you, in the meantime, 
How do you feel about yeah, Jerry 80. Judy, who's currently 80, going 55th 80. overall? Yeah. Yep. End of, end of round four, uh, which is, or sorry, is that right? Yeah, end around four, which which is pretty good value. Uh, or I guess middle around four, but still, for somebody that you think is going to end up being around five, top close guy. though, man. We're we're gonna get there. What? No. Do it with me. Twelve is one. Twenty four oh, is two. Yeah. Thirty six. Forty eight. Fifty five gets you to five point five. Even better. So again, 4. somebody 4. finishes as wide receiver 21 in half PPR last year. We have them in our low 20s. I think we'll end up bumping that up a little bit as we get closer to the season, especially depending on if he looks okay in the preseason. Um, and if Russell Wilson can pull his head out of his ass from last year, uh, would, would be very helpful as well. So v- very excited about that Broncos offense. I, I do think that the sky is potentially the limit for Judy, who... Um, has kind of not been as good as I think anybody was really expecting him to be coming out of college. Switching over to a running back uh, value sleeper, whatever you want to call it, Alexander Madison. I, I think he's potentially a league winner for you in your drafts. Fantasy Pros currently has him as running back 22. ESPN's PPR cheat sheet has him at 23. Madison's ADP on sleeper is currently 64 and a half. He's going as the 25th running back behind running backs with names such as James Conner, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook. I don't, that doesn't really make any sense. Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders. Jason, how many games do you think Alexander Madison has with 49% or more snap share in his career? 16. Six. He has six oh. games with more than 49% of snap share. Okay. I'm going to read you off some stats. Okay. Tell me if you like what you hear. Week five, 2020 at Seattle, 20 carries, 112 yards, three catches, 24 mm. yards, 15.1 fantasy points and half PPR. Like that. Week 16, 2020, at Detroit, 21 carries, 95 yards, one touchdown, three catches, 50 yards, 22 fantasy points. Let me think. Oh, yeah, like that too. Okay. Game number three, week three, 2021, versus Seattle, 26 carries, 112 yards, six catches, 59 yards, 20.1 fantasy points. Let me just noodle that out. Yeah, it's probably pretty good. Okay. Week five, 2021 versus Detroit. Again, Seattle, Detroit. I don't know what's going on here, but 25 carries, 113 yards, seven Ooh. catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown, 24.8 fantasy points and half PPR. Goodness. All right. Week 13. Detroit, 22 carries, 90 yards, one touchdown, three catches, 34 yards. Week 16 versus the Rams, 13 carries, 41 yards, one touchdown, three catches, 29 yards, 14 and a half fantasy points. In all, that averages out to 19.4 fantasy points per game. That would be the number one running back in fantasy football last year. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the number one running back in points per game. Side note, Eckler average 18.8 in half PPR, CMC 18.5. If you were to say, hey, is Madison a threat out of the backfield from a catching standpoint? I probably would have said no. But in those six games I just read off, his catches were three, three, six, seven, three, and three. Pretty good floor 
for a guy that you wouldn't expect to be, you know, lighting the world on fire and Dalvin never really seemed like a receiving back. He had a couple, but he shouldn't be going where he is. We have him ranked as our 12th ranked running back. It's possible we're too low on him. If we're recording this July 26th, that they don't sign anybody, and I don't think they will because they can't really spend any more money on their offense. He's a bona fide league winner for where he's going at pick 64. It's straight up disrespectful. They signed him with a two-year, $7 million contract extension this year. It seems like he's going to be their guy. Schedule week 15 at Cincy, home against Detroit, home against Green Bay. That's fine. Domes the last couple weeks. I legitimately think he's going to win a bunch of people leagues if he stays healthy because he's just going too low. That offense is going to score with Kirk, Jefferson, Madison. He had the most touchdowns he's ever had last year. I believe he had five. I think he's a he's a he's a RB one going as a 25th running back or in the 20s. He, he wins you the league if, if you get him. Where he's being drafted, he where wins. he's currently being drafted, like his ADP can't stay there. But we're only a month out. Like it's not and really, it has stayed there. I was just saying it's not really rising. Like where's where is the hype? I don't know. But if if I guess we're gonna die on a hill, I I'm fine with it being the Alexander Madison Hill. Like where where are kind, you gonna kind draft of a fun him? hill to die on? Uh, I think. I think you can get, take him in the fourth and, and be perfectly fine. Based on his ADP, you don't have to take him earlier than that. He's, I if you go zero RB, that's your guy. Yep. If you go, you know, run or like Kelsey and two receivers or wide receivers and Justin Fields or, you know, you throw one of them quarterbacks in there with a couple of receivers, whatever. Alexander Madison slam dunk in the fourth. Yeah, he he's a league winner just sitting out there uh, and you don't have to spend that much to get him and he's going to perform like an RB one or at least I think he will. I mean, that's that's his track record. He's he's been one of if not the premier handcuff for the last several seasons for yeah. anyone that had Delvin Cook. Yep. In so. in a in a top ten offense points wise, so uh, light, light it light up me some Alexander Madison. Yep. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are the Fantasy Football Sackos. He is the KROG, and I am Jason Shellcross. Bidding you adieu until next time for a mock draft. Sure. Sounds like fun. Sick. Something I get to beat you in again. All right. That'll do it for us. Thank you. Drafting is coming soon. Remember, we had we had listeners specifically request to not have to listen to you sing. Yeah. So I'm going to keep doing it. Screw them. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.